Welcome, welcome one and all, and thank you for listening to Topic Talk Wrestling, wherever you are in the world today. Please follow us on Twitter at Topic Talk W, on YouTube at Topic Talk Wrestling, and on Acast and Spotify for the podcast. Now, Raw was a decent show. They had nine matches in total, a female superstar returning to the ring, two tag team title matches, and a match confirmed for next week's Raw. We did also, however, have an extra participant into one of the WrestleMania Backlash matches, which is one week from Sunday, but we will get onto that in due course. We have a recap of last week where Bobby Lashley and MVP were ringside for Braun and Drew's match. Then after that, the answer as to who will face Bobby Lashley later on tonight was answered pretty much straight away by a toss of a coin. Yes, guys, it was a coin toss. Braun called it as it was in the air, he calls Tails, it was Tails, and therefore Braun Strowman will face Bobby Lashley later on tonight. It felt a little bit hokey, to be honest. They could have just announced the match and just said, Braun is going to take on Lashley tonight, rather than having to go through this silly stuff of doing a coin toss, but it fills up a bit of time, I suppose. Then we go to the ring, and we have the ring announcer announcing the new tag team champions of Omos and AJ Styles, and AJ Styles comes down to the ring with Omos. He says that no one will stop them. He asked, did you miss us? To an empty arena. Uh, He continues to say that he was sipping on pina coladas in the Caribbean because they had better things to do than throw tomatoes at people, which is what the New Day did last week. And with that, the New Day interrupt. Kofi says that he didn't know that they still worked here, said that he didn't do as they were pleased with having vacation days whenever they felt like it when they were tag team champions they remind AJ Styles and Omos that they are 11 time tag champ and then Omos says that he obviously didn't hit enough sense into them at Wrestlemania and therefore we get our first match which is AJ Styles and Omos versus the New Day for the tag team titles so the first match is AJ Styles and Omos versus the New Day AJ Styles starts tagging in Omos straight away and he faces Xavier Woods he kicks Omos a few times but it doesn't really phase him Omos then picks him up throws him across the ring. It hits Woods in the back, throws him into the corner, and Kofi tags in. Kofi tries the same thing as Woods by kicking him, but it doesn't work. Woods then tags in, and they try to double-team him by drop-kicking him into the ropes, but Omos bounces off the ropes and comes back with a vicious clothesline to them both. Styles then tags in to the match. Kofi kicks him in the head. Kofi goes to run off the ropes, but Omos stops him on the apron, so Kofi decides to run up the turnbuckles and do a trust fall off the top of the rope to AJ Styles, who's outside on the mat. We then go to break. Back from the break, Kofi and Woods deliver the stampede to AJ Styles in the corner, tagging in and out. Kofi has Styles down on the mat. They get Kofi up. He delivers the knee to AJ Styles right in the face and gets a two count. Styles then delivers a jawbreaker. Kofi tries to hold him back, but AJ does a Pele kick to Kofi, who tags in Woods. AJ gets away and tags in Omos. He pushes Woods down furiously, delivers a backbreaker to Kofi, and then does the same one to Woods. Omos then runs into the corners with Kofi and Woods. Woods kicks Omos, but knocks him down. Omos tags in AJ Styles. He stands on his shoulders and delivers a phenomenal forearm off the top of Omos and gets the 1-2-3. I was intrigued to see how this match was actually going to play out, given that this is effectively a, a rematch from WrestleMania. The phenomenal form off the top of Omos seems to be their sort of main finishing move now. They've done it twice now, I think, to win matches. But you can see if they're going to lose the tag team titles at any point, it's going to be AJ Styles that will get the pinfall rather than Omos, I think. Because Omos is just overpowering everybody, certainly when it comes to Woods, Woods and Kofi. I don't know who's going to topple them, but like I said, if 
anybody does, then it's going to be Aegis Styles is going to eat the pin four at some point. But they retain, and um, we need to see who they face next. I don't know who they are going to face next, but pay-per-view a week on Sunday, you would think that they would have a match scheduled. They can't obviously can't do a rematch, I would have thought now. A rematch of a rematch. They might just throw that on maybe the kickoff show if they do. If they could do go down that route. Because at the minute, there's only three matches confirmed for the pay-per-view. So we go back to stage, and Sonya is talking to Charlotte, who just walks off. So they obviously just finish their conversation. And she says to P.S. Um, that he has nothing to worry about, as P.S. asks what Charlotte Flair was doing in the office. P.S. says that she's stepping over her bounds lately, and then it just phases out. So this was a very quick, like, five or six second backstage uh, segment. And it phases out, and it goes to Kayla Braxton and Bobby Lashley in MVP. But before we go to that, we then see a promo. Now... This is quite an interesting one because we see in this promo, we see a, I think it's a Ferrari. I'm not good with cars. I want to go with Ferrari. And there's a woman just lying against it. The camera pans around, sort of starts from the bottom and works its way up to the top. And then she's lying on the car and she says, do I have your attention now? Which is the same thing as to what CM Punk used to say all those years ago. Uh, but it's obviously not sample. <laughs> it's obviously not AJ Lee. But she stays on there and she says that there's twists and, to- twist and turns um, on the road to her life that she has to give back. She wants to influence other people. And to do that, she has to go back where she started. We then see her face and it's none other than Eva Marie. She's not got the red hair now. She's got like a pink, pinky blonde sort of hair now. And she says it's the Evolution. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yes, so it's a returning Eva Marie. Now, it says that she's coming soon, but it doesn't say what brand she's on or anything like that. I expect this promo to probably be on SmackDown as well. We are due a draft. I keep saying this. I said this last week. We are due a draft soon. So maybe she's one of the free agents for the draft. We'll have to wait and see. So then we go back to backstage, and we see Kayla and Bobby Lashley again. And she's interviewing them, and says that Braun, uh, sort of MVP this is, says that Braun was lucky to win the coin toss. MVP says that Braun's luck will run out tonight. He said that he couldn't eat a salad of four-leaf clovers or rabbit foot stew, but can't even beat Lashley. And in fact, he said that he has to be lucky to be in the ring with Lashley. Lashley says that he's a warrior and that no one will take the title from him. He reminds us that he could lose the title without being pinned. And MVP says the train will be de- derailed after facing Lashley tonight. So just a hype promo for later on tonight for the main event. But um, this isn't the first time either that we'll see Bobby Lashley, sorry, that we'll see MVP talking about the match, which doesn't really make much sense again later on, but we'll get to that. But then we have a recap of Miz and Morrison with Jackson Riker and Elias as to what happened last week regarding the tomatoes throwing. And after that they were showing, we then see Elias and Riker. This time they're holding a wicker basket backstage. It's a wicker basket full of tomatoes, and they plan to throw the these at Kofi and Woods. Kofi and Woods are sat on a table being seen to by the trainer. Now the trainer leaves and they throw a couple but then they stop which is a bit strange but they stop because in fact they actually hit Randy Orton who was just walking by and you see Randy Orton remove some of the tomato from his face and then Riddle just rides past on his scooter saying hi Randy. So the question is could we get a RK Bro versus Elias and Riker match later on tonight? We'll have to wait and see. We'll then go to the second match of the night, which is Charlotte Flair versus Dana Brooke. Um, I think Dana Brooke has new music as well. They don't use the tag team music, so I'm assuming that this is probably her new music entry thing. 
because there's no signal which I'm pretty sure the other one was. So the match starts with an elbow lock-up. Charlotte trash-talks Dana, saying that she's still her bitch. Dana pushes on her. She does a dropkick to Charlotte. She catches Dana and does a backbreaker on the ropes. Charlotte throws Dana outside to the ring. She tries to get back in, but she pulls Charlotte down the top of the rope. Charlotte then clotheslines Dana into the corner. Dana manages to get Charlotte into the corner. She hits a couple of elbows. She goes for the sunset flip, but Charlotte hangs onto the ropes. She then continues to stamp on Dana. Charlotte into the corner, delivers a handspring elbow, and does a second one. Then she goes to the top rope. Dana then delivers a swanton bomb, but Charlotte kicks out too, and rolls towards the corner. Dana then goes for another handspring, but this time Charlotte counters with a chop block to Dana's leg, and Charlotte goes for the figure eight leg lock, and Dana taps out. This was a quick match. Dana probably didn't really have that many moves in this match. There wasn't really many moves in this match in, in total, to be honest. And it does seem a bit strange that Dana would face Charlotte. This was nothing more than, than filler, to be honest. But it was actually what happens after the match. After the match, Charlotte doesn't break the submission. And Mandy Rose, who is ringside, comes into the ring and drop kicks Charlotte. As she does that, Sonya Deville's music plays and we go to break. And I thought there was going to be something happening between Sonya and Mandy Rose again. But it turns out that that wasn't the case. Because we're good to break, Dana Rose are out of the ring. Sonya says that Charlotte has a statement to make. She says that she beats Asuka's streak and that she put Ripley on the mat. She says that she continues to be an influencer within WWE and that she can take the women's title, uh, that she can go further than Asuka or Ripley. She says that she's the most famous face in the women's division. She compares herself to Kim Kardashian and Paris Hilton, which I find bizarre. <laughs> Really. Um, then she says that Sonya made the right decision in hiring her back and that the vision needs her and tells her to be fair to flair, which could be a new catchphrase. Sonya then says that the men have a triple threat match and therefore she is going to make the women's championship match a triple threat match. But as soon as she mentions that, Rhea Ripley comes down and says nobody likes flair. And she says there was a reason why Charlotte wasn't added to the match at WrestleMania. Ripley says that she beat Asuka for the title. And then Asuka's music hits. She says that it's bullcrap for this decision. Calls Charlotte a crybaby. Asuka then says she doesn't matter what type of match it is. She will still win the title. And Charlotte's response is that she will become women's champion. Rhea then walks towards Sonya. Says Charlotte didn't earn it. Asks why Sonya has done this to Rhea. And then Charlotte attacks Rhea. And then Asuka attacks Charlotte. I mean they do have a point. It is a bit strange that they were just add her into the match just for the sake of it. There needs to really be a qualifying match I would have thought. But... It sounds like they're going to be playing this sort of Sonya is a, is a figure in WWE and she's going to try and protect Charlotte or give Charlotte every opportunity that she can, which is probably where they're going with this. Then we go backstage and there's Humberto Carrillo is with Kayla Braxton. They look back at the last two weeks where, where Sheamus beat Carrillo, that he took the fight to Sheamus the previous week. Carrillo says that he knows what it's like to be bullied and that he is going to challenge him and beat him for the title. But as he speaks, Sheamus attacks Carrillo. Sheamus beats him up and says that he won't be answering the challenge for the US title open challenge later on tonight. We now get another backstage segment, this time Pierce approaches Sonya Deville, says he will go higher up if, if he has to, says that Sonya has no right to add Charlotte to the match and that they must make the decisions together rather than go off on their own. Sonya says that, that she sent Pierce a text message and says that we share an office and says the service must be terrible in terms of the phone service, which um, is not probably the right thing to say when they are promoted by Quicket Riot Wireless, which they always seem to promote all the time. Back in the ring now, Miz and Morrison cuts a promo. Miz says his accolades of all the titles that he's won and that he shouldn't have had Rotten Tomatoes thrown at him last week. Morrison then says, yeah, but what about me? 
and Miss cuts him off and says no one has shown him any respect. Morrison then starts singing Aretha Cut Franklin, the R-E-S-P-E-C-T song, then tells the Miz to talk about him, but the Miz then talks about Priest, then says that Morrison will beat the respect into Priest. And this heads into the match then of John Morrison versus Damien Priest. So the third match between Morrison, sorry, the third match of the night rather, between John Morrison and Damien Priest. Morrison starts off with a headlock, Priest gets out of it, holds Morrison down, Morrison rolls through and gets into an arm lock. Priest then clothesline Morrison over the top rope, and then we head to break. Back from the break, Morrison beats down Priest with the elbows. Morrison hits Priest with the flying kick, gets a near fall. Priest drops Morrison face first onto the mat. They exchange blows, then kicks. Morrison falls into the corner. Priest delivers a spinning splash. Priest goes for the Falcon Arrow, but Morrison counters it. But Priest delivers a lariat to Morrison off the ropes. Priest then gets on the top corner, and Miz distracts Priest. Morrison delivers a Spanish fly for a near fall. Morrison then goes up for Starship Pain, but Priest grabs his leg. But as he's doing that, Miz gets onto the apron again to distract the referee. Morrison rolls up, but because Miz was on the apron, the referee wasn't able to make the count, and he could have won the match. Priest then delivers the bell ringer, and, hit, and then goes for Hit the Lights, and gets a 1-2-3 for a win. And what this does, I think, for this match is it causes the rift to constantly happen between Miz and Morrison. That this is going to head to a match, I think, a week on Sunday at WrestleMania Backlash, although nothing has been confirmed as of yet. I think at some point we are going to have Miz and Morrison in the not-too-distant future. And it'll probably be the draft that will split them both up after they've had their match. As for Priest, though, I think he will move on to somebody else now. I think he might face the Miz next week, and then the Miz loses the match, and that's probably where the, the heel turn, if you like, is going to happen. Because at the minute, I can't really see Priest doing much else, especially not have a match at WrestleMania Backlash anyway, unless he finds himself a tag team partner or some someone to help him, maybe. But I'll just have to wait and see. Backstage with Pierce and Mansour, who signs a contract officially on Raw, Sheamus appears and says that Korea won't answer his open challenge because he has no leg to stand on which he says is unfortunate. He then points to Mansoor and says, who is this? And then he says to P.S., oh, you got yourself a little intern, have you? Mansoor introduces himself and says that he's a raw superstar, just like Seamus. P.S. says he's got a lot of potential, and Seamus jokes about being in the presence of greatness. Seamus then challenges Mansoor to a non-title match later on tonight. Kelly Braxton is then shown backstage, again with MVP, as I mentioned earlier, um, and he just basically talks about the main event just says you need to watch what happens between Lashley and Braun but that's that's again just hyping up the main event and we then go to break and then for the fourth match it kind of starts halfway through the match so it's the Lucha House Party that's Lince Dorado and Grand Metalik versus Shedrick, Sedwick Alexander and Shelton Benjamin Grand Metalik delivers a Hurricane Rana to Cedric. Cedric delivers a Michinuku driver Tags in Benjamin, who delivers a, sc- a scoop slam twice to Grand Metalik. Then a running backdrop for the two count. They get Metalik in the corner. He tags in Cedric, who stamps on Metalik. Metalik then delivers a bulldog. And both men get the tag to their respective partners. And then Cedrado then jumps off the second rope. Um, he misses Shelton. Shelton then delivers a clothesline to Metalik, which turns him inside out. Metalik is then thrown into the corner. Shelton gets in, he's up in the corner. 
throws him off the rope. Lince Rivera tries to go for Hurricane Rana. Shelton counters. Delivers a big boot. Gets a near four for the two count. Back in the corner, Lince Dorado delivers a Tornado DDT. Cedric runs at Lince, lifts him up at the top rope. He tags in Grand Metalik for a top rope elbow, and he picks up the win. Lucha House Party wins. Then, after the match, Cedric gets a microphone. He tells Shelton that he went from the Hurt Business when he tagged Team Gold to losing to the House Party. He says that Shelton was a weak link in the Hurt Business, not him. Asks him how long Shelton Benjamin's been here. Cedric says he's in the prime, and Shelton is not. He says that the tag team is done and walks off. And I suppose we could have just seen this coming, really, because after they split up from the Hurt Business, the only way that they were going to go going to go is down. They weren't going to go up. They weren't going to regain the tag titles. So there's no surprise that they've done this. They had a great thing as the Hurt Business, and they should have stayed as a stable. They really should have stayed as a stable. They probably won the tag team titles probably a bit too quick, maybe. Yeah, I wouldn't... Uh, it just We're probably going to go into a, a one-on-one match now. Cedric versus Shelton's probably going to happen pre-show, pay-per-view, possibly. And again, I expect them to be split in the draft. I mean, Cedric going to make some points. You know, Shelton and Benjamin has been there for a very long time. He's sort of like Kofi Kingston in the sense that he hasn't won the main championship. You know, when you think that Shelton Benjamin came up to the ranks with the likes of Batista and John Cena and Brock Lesnar, you know, those four came up together and yet they haven't even won, he hasn't even won a main WWE title, which is weird because he he kind of had his moment, certainly in the early 2000s, or the late 2000s, you know, he had a lot of hype, like fans saw him pretty much like Cesaro to a certain extent. They know he's got potential. They know that he should win the WWE title at some point. But for some reason, the WWE doesn't seem to believe in him. Which is a real shame, really, to be honest. I don't really see how they could give someone so much potential. Give someone a big enough spotlight, but yet not actually put the title on him. He's obviously won other titles. He's he's a former Intercontinental Champion, and I think he's a US Champion as well. I think United States Champion. But it just feels that, you know, I kind of agree with Cedric, the fact that his time has passed now. Shelton's time to win a title, to win a WWE title, Universal title, that moment's gone. Having said that, said the same thing about Kofi Kingston, look what happened there. They're two very different people in terms of that Kofi kind of got there because of Ali being injured and because of being part of the New Day, whereas... Shelton Benjamin really hasn't he hasn't had that group which he did have with the Hurt Business. He was obviously part of the world's greatest tag team and he won the tag team titles a few times. He was part of Team Angle as well for that stable on SmackDown. But again, he's never really had that opportunity to see what he can do with the title. So another backstage segment, um, this time it's uh, Angel Garza. He is seen walking with a rose. Uh, he walks past Gulak and Gulak uh, jokingly asks if, if it's for him. Uh, he tells Garza that he's meant to be a ladies' man, but yet he can't score, which I thought was a great line. Gulak then says that the rose smells as bad as his win-loss record, and he challenges him to a match, to which Garza accepts, and he says that he will shove this rose where the sun doesn't shine. The next segment, backstage with Kayla Braxton, and he, with Kayla now this time is Shelton Benjamin. Shelton says that people come and go, but he does what he can to survive in this business. He says that Cedric has potential, has potential but says that he will be another star phasing out whilst he continues to survive. 
which I suppose has got a point to be fair. So then we quickly get this next match, which is um, Angel Garza versus versus Gulak. So Garza starts off with a drop kick to Gulak. He beats down Gulak, delivers a, a winged backbreaker. Uh, Gulak is able to flip Garza over his back a few times whilst holding it, being held into a chokehold. Garza manages to break free. He delivers a clothesline, punches Gulak in the corner, then delivers a running foot kick to Gulak. Then he delivers a wing clipper for the win. A very quick match, squash match, pretty much within like a minute he wins the match. But after the match though, and I gotta say I like this, <laughs> I thought this was quite clever, Garza then picks up the rose. He then puts it in Gulak's face. He then puts the rose <laughs> down Gulak's tights and he does a running kick right up his backside. <laughs> Which I thought was quite funny. So next up we see uh, Riddle on a scooter and he runs into the Viking Raiders, Eric and Ivar. Uh, he then asked them which team they were backing in the NFL draft, the Vikings or the Raiders. Ivor then says that he's a Browns fan, to which Riddle then responds with, I didn't see that coming. They say they are Vikings who raid, not two separate things, not Viking and Raiders. Riddle says that they uh, raid and serenade, and he says that to Ivar, and he says, oh, you know what that means? He calls him, he calls him a sexy stallion. <laughs> he calls him a sexy stallion. And then uh, he sees Randy. He approaches Randy and he says it was an honour to tag with him last week and that they are undefeated as a tag team. Randy just looks at him and says they literally just won a match and then they walk to the ring. So we then get our sixth match of the night which is Matt Riddle and Randy Orton versus Jackson Riker and Elias. Orton and Elias start. Orton gets Elias in the corner. He throws punches towards him. Elias then gets a kick to the midsection. He tags in Riker. Riker then beats Orton into the corner, but Orton delivers a, a finger poke to the face. He tags in Riddle. Riddle then tries to get the pro submission on Riker, but he tags in Elias. Elias then gets a symphony to Riddle. He then chops and punches Riddle, does a back elbow, and gets a two count. He tags back in Riker. They do a double team suplex to the knee of Riker. They continue to isolate Riddle in their section of the ring. Delivers a sling shot suplex for a two count. Riddle manages to knee Riker who gets a hot tag to Orton. Riker gets a tag into Elias, and Elias beats down on them. Delivers a backdrop to the outside of the table, and Elias is then thrown back into the ring. Orton gets Elias on the apron, and similar to last week, he tags in Riddle after the DDT to Elias. Riker tries to interfere, but he gets an RKO from Randy Orton, and Matt Riddle delivers the floating bro to Elias for the 1-2-3. And RK bro is 2-0. Oh. Kato then interviews Drew, next and asked him what his opinions on the match tonight with Braun and Lashley. He says he doesn't care as long as they beat each other up. Drew says he doesn't know why Mace and T-Bar attacked him last week, although he calls him T-Bag, <laughs> and says he will remain, he will regain, sorry, he will regain the WWE Championship. Braun interrupts him and says that he earned the opportunity to be the main event and says he'll walk out the new WWE Champion. Drew says to Braun that all he needs to do right now is leave. So the seventh match of the night now is Sheamus versus Mansoor. Sheamus starts off with a headlock takeover. Mansoor jumps, tries to jump over Sheamus, but is caught in the air. He gets Mansoor in the corner, slaps him, but Mansoor gets a quick roll up, but doesn't really get anything. He then drop kicks Sheamus and rolls for again, but this time with a quick kick out. Sheamus gets Mansoor sitting on the top of the rope along the ring. Sheamus clotheslines him over. He gets Mansoor in a headlock, pulls his mouth and talks trash to him about him being the new Raw Superstar. Sheamus then drops Mansoor into the barricade. Mansoor 
manages to beat the 10 count at the count of 8. Mansell then gets back elbows to Sheamus, drops the knee to Sheamus, hits a turnbuckle. He delivers the tornado DDT for a near fall. Mansell goes to the top rope and Sheamus pushes him off. He then delivers a white noise to Mansell and Sheamus goes to the corner for a bro kick. But Roberto Carrillo interferes and throws him outside. He beats down on him but Shayna gets the better of him and bro kicks Carrillo, then gets back into the ring and bro kicks Mansell. Sheamus wins by disqualification. Next up we have uh, Alexa's playground. Alexa says that Lily likes to play hide and seek. Says wherever Lily goes, trouble always seems to follow. She says someone has caught a rye, but doesn't actually say who that is. Alexa says don't blame me for what happens next. Um, she sings a nursery rhyme with her own words, say talking about being friends forever. Asks and, and asks what's this scream, and then says that Lily, what did you make me do? And it just bit fades off. I'm not quite sure where they're going with this, to be honest. I think. If I was to guess, I wouldn't be at all surprised if she goes for Rhea Ripley, you know. Because she eliminated Bliss from the Royal Rumble. So it could potentially go for that, but maybe that costs Ripley the title. And they don't blame me is when Charlotte picks up the win, possibly. That's kind of the next logical step, I suppose. But I don't know. I That's just my guess. Let me know what you guys think, anyway. But next we've got the 8th match of the night, which is the tag team title match. Naomi and Lana versus Naya and Shayna. Naomi and Naya start. Naomi beats on Naya, but lifts her up in the air. She tags in Shayna. She grabs Naomi as Naya misses the leg drop. Naomi gets a tag to Lana. He delivers a crossbody to Shayna. Lana then delivers the side Russian leg sweep to Shayna for a two count. Shayna's into the corner. Lana runs off the ropes. Naomi tags in and deliver knees to Shayna's back. They then deliver a tag team move, like a, a stunner, into a kick to the face of Shayna, and they get the two count. Naya is kicked out of the ring, and Naomi tags in Lana. They both do a double face buster to Shayna. Naya then drags Naomi, throws her into the table. Lana goes for the cover, but Reg Reginald slides in to distract the referee. As Lana shouts at Reginald, Shayna gets us the clutch onto Lana. She does a roll through but breaks up the submission. Lana then tries to do a jumping move into Shayna but is caught into a submission and she taps out. Naya and Shayna retain. I said in the previous day that I wasn't quite sure why they were given a tag team title match to begin with, uh, Naomi and Lana. And now I can see why. Because, <laughs> because they weren't winning the titles. So this I think was the right result going forward. We then get another MVP promo. This time he's talking. He's saying that Lashley will dominate. He'll be the dominant ball in WWE, and that he will beat Strowman. Then we go finally to the match. So now it's main event time. Braun Strowman versus Lashley. Starts off with an elbow tie-up. They fight into the corner. Lashley tries to go for a shoulder tackle, but Braun doesn't move. Lashley then delivers a net breaker to Braun, but Braun gets back up. He tries to go for a running power slam, but it's countered. Lashley is then clotheslined over the top rope. Lashley tries to get into the ring, but is taken off the ring by Braun. He then goes outside and throws him in. He does a running splash into the corner to Lashley, and he counters at the second attempt. Drew's music plays and interrupts the match. He comes down the ring, and Braun meets him outside the ring. Lashley then jumps on him from behind, and then Lashley goes to Drew with a fist bump, but then it just goes to break. Drew is then seen on commentary, or is heard on commentary as well. <laughs> and meanwhile, in the ring, 
Lashley throws Braun into the corner of the ring. Lashley delivers a suplex to Braun. He gets the knees to the ribs. And Ashley keeps Lashley into the corner. He delivers an elbow pressure to his face. Continues to punch him to the ground. He then runs into the corner with a right hand into the face of Braun. Braun counters and manages to get Lashley on his neck in an electric chair job kind of move in the centre of the ring. Braun runs into Lashley this time in the opposite corner and suplex him down as he tries to get up. And then picks up Lashley and Lashley then goes for the hurt lock but can't quite get, in, get it locked in. Braun then counters it into a sidewalk slam and Lashley rolls to the outside. Braun then goes outside for the runaway train move on the outside of the ring and he misses Lashley and he runs into Drew. Braun pushes Drew, the count is up to 8, Lashley's in the ring, Braun isn't. Braun just beats the count and Drew gets in onto the ring apron. Braun then turns around and a spear is delivered to Braun and Lashley gets the 1-2-3. After the match, Drew claymores Lashley. He sets up to do it to Braun and he connects the claymore to Braun with the countdown. As Raw's just about to go off the air, we find out that Drew McIntyre will in fact face Lashley next week in a one-on-one match. Again, this is this is quite good storytelling. It plays on the triple threat aspect. No surprise really that we're going to have Lashley and Drew next week. I said in the preview that it was either going to be Braun this week or Drew next week or Drew this week and Braun next week, whichever way they were going to do it. So it's no surprise really that they've gone down this route. The thing is, there was no T-bar, there was no Mace this week either. So we don't know where they lie with it. How are they going to be included into this? Either it's going to be the fact that they're just going to disappear now until after WrestleMania Backlash, which is a week on Sunday, and then Drew then faces them in a handicap match or something along those lines. Or maybe they're just mentioning them and keeping them off TV until the pay-per-view, and then they interfere in the pay-per-view in some way or they help someone win the title or retain in Lashley's case but it is a bit strange that they will constantly mention them throughout the broadcast especially the commentary team and yet they not turn up which is a bit bizarre so if they don't turn up next week then I expect them to turn up during the pay-per-view because we are just one week I think away from yeah it's a week on Sunday isn't it so yeah we are one week away effectively one more Raw until the pay-per-view but it wasn't really a, a surprising episode of Raw I knew that Shayna would and Nia would retain the titles. Omos and AJ Styles can't seem to be beaten at this moment in time. They probably are pushing Orton and Riddle towards the tag titles, but I don't know, I just feel that at some point Orton's going to turn on Riddle, and that'll be a one-on-one match. But I think for the time being, they should just use a storyline where Orton kind of makes Riddle to do his dirty work for him. And then once he's finished with that, he just turns on him. So I think we've got a... Uh, I think they're going to be tag team for quite some time yet. I can't see Orton turn on Riddle before the WrestleMania Backlash pay-per-view like next week. I think they'll keep this for a while. We did have quite a fair few matches. We had nine matches this week, which is the improvement on last week. There were a few like very quick mash- matches but it didn't feel like there was a long time between matches happening, unlike last week where there was like 54 minutes between matches, between two of the matches anyway at least. But overall, I think it was a good episode. 
it, it could have been better. Obviously, it could have been better. But I think really at the minute, once they get past this pay-per-view and we've got uh, Money in the Bank next as the next pay-per-view, I think gearing up towards that, we will um, we will see we'll start to see some of these feuds that are off in the background come to fruition, like the Autumn Riddle one or the Nia Shana one, which is going to happen sooner or later. But yeah, anyway, those are my thoughts. Let me know um, what you think at Top Resort W on YouTube at Top Resort Wrestling. Please follow and subscribe to that. We only have 40 subscribers at the minute, so the more subscribers, the more things that I watch, the better. So then we can start to do a lot more content like this. Hopefully get some extra help so we can put some more content out. So yes, thank you for listening. Stay safe, and we'll see you again soon. Bye-bye.